sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed uh, the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, and that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And here's our text verse. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. You can be seated. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, that I, I have been encouraged and exhorted by my brothers and sisters in the Lord by hearing their spirit of thanksgiving and praise. Lord, you said in your word, uh, in everything give thanks. Then you said we're to give thanks for all things. And, Lord, we want to be thankful tonight. Be thankful to him and bless his name, the psalmist said. And, Lord, we have not done a very good job of getting everything you've done for us. But, Lord, those are the three things that came to our mind first. And, Lord, we're grateful for that. Lord, touch this text, touch this sermon tonight. May Jesus be lifted up and glorified in all that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We begin Sunday morning, come back Sunday night, and then, Lord willing, we're going to conclude this tonight as far as this verse is concerned here in John 11. I might have a, another thought or two out of John 11 in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but we've been dealing with this question, who does the Lord love? And we're using John chapter 11 and verse number 5 where the Bible says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, I don't want to have to preach all my introduction and take all my time uh, dealing with this, but when I say, who does the Lord love, we understand that Jesus loves the world. Amen. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, uh, but have everlasting life. I thank God for that. I'm glad the Bible said that Christ loved the church and He gave Himself for it. Amen. The Bible said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives it to me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. So we agree tonight uh, that Jesus loves everybody. Uh, there's never been a person that was ever born. There's never been a person uh, that has ever breathed God's good air uh, that Jesus did not love. I want to emphasize again, uh, there's never been a person that's ever been born or lived uh, that Jesus did not die for. Amen. The Bible said... Uh, that He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, uh, but for the sins of the whole world. Second Peter 3, 9 said uh, that the Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, uh, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm glad the Bible said in John 1, verse 11, He came into His own, and His own received Him not, but to as many as received Him. To them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Luke 19.10 said, the son, For the Son of Man has come unto seek and to save that which was lost. First Timothy 1.15 says, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world unto save 
sinners of whom I am chief. The Bible said in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus and the good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. I'm telling you tonight, Jesus loves sinners and Jesus will save anybody that will come to Him on the terms of the Gospel, which is faith and repentance, and, and accept the gift of salvation. They can be saved. If you believe that, say Amen. So we agree tonight, Jesus loves everybody. But we also are emphasizing that in this particular context, this word love gives the idea of approval, of, of being pleased with. And I'm glad the Lord loves me, amen, but I want Him to be pleased with me. I want the Lord to be honored with my life. And we've been dealing uh, with these three individuals. They are siblings, uh, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And we've been talking about the characteristics in their life that Jesus loved. You know, if you read through the Gospels, very few people, it's the Lord, and we know Jesus loved everybody, but there's very few people that it says that Jesus loved them as far as that phrase. You have it here in John 11, verse number 5. You remember the rich young ruler when they, he came to Jesus was trying to con his way uh, into the kingdom of God. The Bible said Jesus beholding him loved him. And the reason the reason Jesus told him the truth is because he loved him. I will tell you, somebody don't love you if they don't tell you the truth. Amen. Is that not right? And then we, of course, we know in John 13 that we talked about the disciple whom Jesus loved. And we know that it would be a John the Beloved. But here specifically, three people are named that Jesus loved, that Jesus approved of. Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. I'll run through the first two, and then we'll emphasize the last one tonight. Uh, first of all, we preach Sunday morning in the life of Martha. Jesus loves the worker that will labor for Him. I, I want to remind us tonight that God has not put a premium on laziness. Amen. He's not put a premium on slothfulness. Uh, Martha may have had some issues, uh, but thank God she saw something that needed to be done and she didn't mind rolling up her sleeves and getting involved and working. Amen. And so we, we dealt with that on Sunday morning. And then on Sunday night we dealt with Mary. And we preached about the fact that Jesus not only loves the worker that will labor for Him, but He loves the worshiper that will love on Him. And we agree tonight Jesus is worthy of our praise. He was worth everything you testified about tonight. He was worthy of that and a whole lot more. Everything you thank God for tonight was right. Oh, but you could have stood there for another two hours and thanked God for things and sat down after two hours and you would have said, Oh man, I forgot to thank Him for this or I forgot to thank Him for that. And I want to remind you tonight, He's worthy of all of that. Amen. I tell you, if Jesus didn't do anything more oh, but to save you and change you and make a difference in your life. He would still be worthy of my song. He would still be worthy of my worship. He would still be worthy of an amen and a hallelujah and a praise the Lord and bless the Lord, oh my soul. He is worthy tonight. And Mary saw His Word and she saw it and she broke that alabaster box. Uh, that alabaster box was costly, the Bible said. And I want to remind us tonight, if it don't mean anything to us, it won't mean anything to Him. Amen. When we come to church, we ought to bring Him something. Amen. When you come to church, you ought to plan on testifying if you're called on. You ought to plan on singing if you're called on. You ought to come prepared. Can I get an amen out of that? Amen.
there. Preachers ought to come prepared. You ought to have a word on your heart. You ought to have a verse of Scripture in your soul. Why? Because worship is always premeditated. Nobody ever worships on accident. It's always premeditated. Jesus loved that about Mary. But now we're looking tonight at Lazarus. Jesus loves the worker that will labor for Him. Jesus loves the worshiper that will love on Him. But tonight as we conclude this, this thought, Jesus loves the witness that will live for Him in the person of Lazarus. Here's what I mean. I gave you the definition of the word witness. It is one who knows of an event. It is one who has evidence of this event and one who was an eyewitness of this event. Now, yesterday we was over, we was at the camp the last couple days and, and uh, I, I, I have graduated out of dorm life. Somebody say amen. And so we, we had got us a hotel there in town, uh, which is a little uh, easier for, for Judah and for Grace. And uh, be honest with you, it's a whole lot easier for me. Can I get amen out of that? I am a sissy. My idea of camping is staying at the Holiday Inn and eating the Outback. Somebody help me, all right? I mean, that, that's my idea of camping and, and all that. I'm not better than anybody. I'm not better than anybody. I just, I just, amen, I like AC and I don't like having to walk outside to use the bathroom at camp. At, they have a bathhouse, but you got to walk out there and there's wild hogs. All them years we went to camp and I found out there's wild hogs in those woods. I never knew about it. Never knew a word about it. I don't know what I would have done if we saw one. Hey, man, Paul would have got Mel's gun and shot him. Hey, man, but uh, what I'm, so we was we was leaving the camp yesterday, heading back to the room to uh, to get shot and get ready for church. And and they had that big old lake. Some of y'all been out there to the camp. It's where we used to rent. Uh, had that big old lake out there. And we look, and there's Chandler and and uh, uh, who is Mike Austin's boy and Brent Evans' boy. Brent's the guy that runs the sound at camp meeting. And they're out there in the canoe and they're fishing. We're coming along that. Road and Grace, I'll tell you right now, you couldn't give me enough money to get out there in one of them canoes. I, it, it flipped the thing over. And I'm not, if I'm lying, I'm dying. If I'm lying, may God strike Brother Richard with lightning. About the time that she said that, they flipped that canoe. I mean, wapow! Hundred dollar fishing rods at the bottom of the lake. I mean, fishing bags. And what, what somebody said, what'd you do? We got our phones out. I got picture, we're videoing it, and I'm driving around. I mean, we, we was hollering, y'all right? And, and we saw their heads. I mean, they wasn't drowning under the water. And so here comes Mike, and here comes uh, two or three guys coming down here on a golf cart, and they're all just standing there looking at them. We were a witness of that event. We, so we, we left, because we, we, after we got done laughing at them, we left. We pull out of the camp. We get to, we get ready to turn on right on 64, and, and I'm I'm driving up. And I'm getting ready to turn that right lane and, and and make my right turn. And all of a sudden, I hear Grace holler, and here's this car runs a red light, hits the car right in front of us. I mean, right in front of us. So we pull over, and I see this guy jumping out of the front seat. It was a kid, but we couldn't tell it then. He was big for his age. He was big for my age. Let's just put it like that. I'm not making fun. That's just the truth, okay? He jumps out of my whole boy, fix a fight right here. And but he's jumping out of the car, so I roll my window down and I holler, everybody all right. And, and so the other guy, uh, the guy that got hit, he says, Did you see that man run that red light? And you know, I, you know and my wife said, Yeah, that light was red. So what that means we gotta sit there and, and you know and wait for Barney and Andy to show up. And so we're standing out there. And they get there and the officer comes up and said, was you a witness of this? I said, yes, sir. He said, tell me about it. 
Tell me what happened. And so I said, well, I really wasn't paying attention. I was driving. My wife saw the whole thing. Ain't that a blessing? I really didn't know if the light was red or green. I was going to stop anyway because I was turning right, okay? And so at least I don't play on my computer like when I drive like you troopers do, okay? So leave me alone, all right? Amen. But here's my point. Lazarus was a witness for the Lord. Now what was Lazarus? Let's look at Lazarus quickly tonight. I'm almost done. First of all, consider this about Lazarus. Lazarus was dead. Lazarus was a dead man. He was dead because of sickness. The Bible tells in verse 3 uh, that they sent the Jesus that Lazarus, whom thou lovest, is sick. And then he was not only dead because of sickness, he was dead because of sin. We understand what Paul said in Romans 5. Wherefore is by one man sin entered the world, and because of sin... Death by sin, so death is passed upon all men. I'm not preaching tonight that the reason that Lazarus died is because of some sin uh, that he committed. I understand God will do that. I do not believe that is the case in Lazarus. Lazarus got sick. Hey, I hate this sounds cruel, uh, but people get sick and they don't get better and they die. That is just the way Ecclesiastes talks about that. Uh, that is just the way that life goes. And Lazarus was dead because of sin. And I want to remind you tonight that when we were lost without God, Paul said uh, that we were dead in our trespasses and sin. We were dead. We were That word dead there in Ephesians 2 deals with spiritual death. And the word death means the destitute of life. There is no life in us. Uh, John said, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life, uh, because the wrath of God abideth on him. Lazarus was dead. But then number two, Lazarus was detained. Not only is he dead, Brother Charles, but he is in a grave. Now how is he detained? He's detained two ways. He was bound. The Bible teaches when he came out of that grave, he had the grave clothes. And Jesus had loose him and let him go. So his hands are bound. He can't work his way out. His feet are bound. He can't walk his way out. His face is covered so he can't see his way out. His head is covered so he can't think his way out. He's just in a bad shape. He is bound. But not only is he bound, he was blocked. There's a stone in front of that grave. So even if he could walk out, even if he could work it out, even if he could wit it out, think it out, he can't get out that rock. He can't roll away the stone. He can work. He can labor. He can do, he can do all the works he wants. He can join all the churches he wants, but he can't move that rock. He is detained. Are you hearing me tonight? He, he is dead. He is detained. He is in darkness. Amen. Now, Willie P. Richardson, the old phone prankster, he called a funeral home one time and said his mom had passed away and she was always scared of the dark and his mom had put in the wheel that they wanted a light pole put out by her cemetery and a light put down in that casket and a little bell that would go off and every time the light went off. It was a joke. And you should have heard the funeral home director trying to figure that one out. But typically, they don't put lights in caskets. They don't put lights... In tombs, it's dark. You know, the Bible says that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. You know, 
I got, when I think about this darkness, I can't help but think of the blind man. That blind man, Bartimaeus, he was in darkness. You know, if we, if we saw Bartimaeus, if we saw a blind man walking around this building tonight, bumping into things, you know what all of us would do? All of us would go and try to assist that individual. Sir, may I help you? Ma'am, may I help you? Because you can tell they are blind. You, you go to, you go to an airport somewhere, an airport has got to be the most clogged place I've ever been in my life. You walk through an airport, there's people everywhere. I've been with Kurt LeBeau in an airport though, and he whip out his Moses stick, as I call it. He got that big old cane, he'll whip it out, and it's like parting the Red Sea. They get out of our way, and like we're in high cotton just coming through there. I mean, I'm like, Kurt, can we use that at the buffet line to get through quicker? Okay. Uh, but what I'm saying is, it's everybody, it doesn't matter what your culture is, what your background, you will assist a blind person. Why? Because you know they're in darkness and they can't see. But ain't it interesting when Bartimaeus cried out for help? That he was a bother to people. You know what the Bible said in Mark 10? And they charged him. That word charge is a strong word. They charged him that he should hold his peace. The word charge means to chide, to rebuke, to rebuke, to reprove, to censure severely, to admonish or charge sharply. Hush, Bartimaeus. Now, who are these people telling Bartimaeus to hush? It was the ones that were walking with Jesus. And disciples, they're walking with Jesus. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Hush, you're bothering us. We're spending too much time walking with Jesus. The ones working for Jesus. You know, feeding multitudes, you know, blessing the children and all that. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. We ain't got time for you. You're a bother to us. The ones that worship Jesus. Them disciples. Them followers. That big old crowd. But Jesus stopped when he heard that. Why do they do what they do? Because they're blind. Why do they drink? Because they're blind. Why do they dope? Because they're blind. Why are they confused about their gender? Because they're blind. That's not excusing sin. That's just why the sinners sin because they're sinners. If we're not careful, we'll get, we'll get bothered by blind people. Well, I don't know why they got to do that. I do. They're blind. Why are they so wicked? They're blind. They're in darkness. And instead of chiding them and say, Hush, we ain't got time for you. Why don't we do like Jesus did and said, Bring him here. But we're too busy walking with Jesus. We're too busy working for Jesus. And we're too busy worshiping Jesus to help the blind man. And Jesus said, That's the whole reason I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Lazarus dead. Lazarus detained. Lazarus was in darkness. But then, number four in this text, uh, Lazarus, Lazarus was, uh, uh, Lazarus was distant. Remember, if you read on in John 11, I'm a hushing here in just a minute, but if you read on in John 11, when Jesus gets there, he says, show me where you've laid him. So there was a gap. There was a distance. I hope you're picking up what I'm laying down. There was a distance between him and Jesus. And Lazarus cannot make up that difference. Amen. Lazarus cannot close. Come here, Lazarus. Lazarus is over here dead. Can you lay down in that pew? You're too tall. Come here, Dax. You're too tall. Come here, Daxon. <laughs> lay down right here. Lay down. You're dead, okay? You're dead, and we're going to cover you up. That's what we do with dead people. He's dead. He's way over there. And Jesus is over here. 
Lazarus can't make up the difference. Lazarus can't get to Jesus. Here's what Jesus did though. He went to where Lazarus was at. And aren't you glad when you couldn't get to Jesus, you couldn't make up the difference? Oh, we were heirs from the commonwealth. You can get up. We were heirs from the commonwealth of Israel. We couldn't get to Jesus. Aren't you glad that He made up the difference? Aren't you glad when we could not get to where He was? Jesus came to us. You know why He can't get to Jesus? He's dead. He's detained. He's in darkness. And He's, he's distant. Lazarus was dead. He was in darkness. He was distant. He's detained. But watch this. Lazarus was delivered. Now, who delivered Lazarus? Well, it was Jesus. Jesus was the only one that can make the difference in Lazarus' life. That's who got him out. But what got him out? The Word got him out. Here's what happens in verse number 43. The Bible says, And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth! This was a divine, this call was divine. This call was direct. Lazarus, this call was directive, come forth. And this call made the difference. Verse 44, And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go! Aren't you glad for the day when you were dead and you were detained and you were in darkness and you were distant uh, that Jesus came to where you was at and He called out your name and the power of the Word of God got you out of the grave and God took that old life away from you and there's been a difference made in your life. I'll tell you what done that. It wasn't the disciples that did that. It wasn't anybody else that did that. Uh, Mary and Martha didn't do that. Uh, but it was Jesus. Jesus, amen. It was the Word of God. Uh, many of you testified tonight about the time God saved you. It wasn't the preacher that saved you. It wasn't the church that saved you. It wasn't anybody else that saved you. But it was Jesus. And aren't you glad that Jesus makes all the difference in the world? He was dead. He was detained. He was in darkness. He was distant. He was delivered. I preached all night to get to this and I'm done. He was displayed. John 12, he's sitting at the table with Jesus in the house of Simon, Simon the leper. In John 11, he was diseased, dead, detained, distant, and in darkness. But in John 12, he's out of the tomb, he's at the table, he's hearing the truth, and he has a word of testimony. Amen. In John, look at John 11:45. I'm just about done. After Jesus, Jude, uh, Lazarus gets out of the grave, watch verse 45. Then, that then is a connecting word back to verse 44. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, look at this now, believed on Him. Believed on Lazarus? No. Believed on Jesus. Why did they believe on Jesus? Because there was a witness. There was an eyewitness that had evidence that I was in the grave. I couldn't get out. I was in darkness. I was dead. But Jesus got me out. And Jesus was the witness that will live for Him. John 12, look at John 12, verse number 9. Much people of the Jews, therefore, knew that He was there. And they came not only for Jesus' sake only, watch it now, but that they might see 
Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. They said, we won't go down to that house and see Jesus, but we want to see what he did. Did you know that your life is to be set on display for others to see the difference that Jesus makes? Amen. Not everybody was happy the last guy out of the grave. John 12, 10, But the chief priest consulted that they might put Lazarus to death because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. They wanted to kill Lazarus because of Lazarus' testimony, others believed on Jesus. Ain't that amazing? He was a witness, a witness that lived for Jesus. Now, I'm not preaching lifestyle evangelism tonight, okay? Where some guy, what that is, is they say, you don't have to say anything, you don't have to be confrontational, you can just live your life, and they'll see Jesus in you. I believe y'all live your life and people can see Jesus in you, but sometimes you've got to say something. Amen. But you know, Lazarus never said anything. The fact that he was dead and now he's alive was the greatest witness. Are you pointing anybody to Jesus? Are, are, are you a witness tonight? Somebody preacher, how do you how can I be a witness? Three practical things and I'm done. You can witness with a track. Preacher, I don't know what to say. That's why we have gospel tracks. You can say, here, would you read this is some of our church tells you about the gospel. Don't don't lie to them and try to trick them. Tell them what it is. It's a gospel track. It's from our church. It's got Bible verses in it. Would you read this when you have a spare moment? You can witness there is power in the written word. You can witness with your testimony. Just tell somebody else what Jesus did for you. A track is something you do in a hasty moment. You don't may have not have time to sit down there and go through a gospel presentation, but you can give you can leave something with them. But there might be times where you'll have a conversation with somebody and you can tell them what Jesus did for you and give them your testimony. But I'm gonna tell you another way you can witness is by walking in the truth. By living every day your life out. Can anybody see a difference in your life? Or do you just blend in with the crowd? I tell you, it's hard for Lazarus just to blend in. He'd been in the grave four days. And Jesus loved that Lazarus was a witness that lived for him. I want to encourage you tonight to witness to somebody this week. Before Sunday, give somebody a gospel track. If you have an opportunity and the, and the time is right, obviously we don't want to take up our boss's jobs on the, on the, on the clock. Amen. Uh, they're not paying you to be an evangelist. They're paying you to work. If there's a free time, things of that nature, when it's maybe a lunch time or a break, and you want to take a little more time, that's fine. But when you're on the clock, that's not time to be a, a Philip the Evangelist. Somebody say amen. You, you, that's a bad testimony. You ought to be honorable on your job. Amen. But give somebody a track. Witness to somebody. But I'll tell you what you can do when you're on the clock. I preach it Sunday morning. You can work and do as unto the Lord and walk in the truth and be a light, be a testimony that they might see a difference in your life. That's who Jesus loved. Who does the Lord love? He loves the worker that will labor for Him. Are you doing anything for the Lord? He loves the worshiper that will love on Him. He loves the witness that will live for Him. I want to encourage you tonight. Tell somebody about Jesus. Had he, not, has he made a great difference in our life? I bless His name. Amen. I appreciate your attention. Thank you for being in church tonight. I am trying to survey. Do we have most of our choir here, Grace? I'm just, I know we got some people out on that. I, you want to wait till Sunday night, maybe?
Let's do that, Brother Matthew, because we got the new song, I'm Amazed, and Brother Matthew's going to play it, and I want to run through it one time with him playing it, but I want to have all the choir here to do it. So I was going to do it tonight, but I've got, I've got young people at camp, and I've got some people out, so we're going to do that Sunday night after church, and you'll, you'll still get home at the same time, and so we're going to do that Sunday night, okay? Thank you for being in church tonight. Has it been good to be in church? Amen. I like to treat these, we might call these, I know we, we Wednesday night prayer meeting and we, we try to put an emphasis on our prayer list and we give that out every week and, and uh, somebody says, you won't read through every name. No, because it's given to you for you to look through it and for you to have those names in your heart and, and to pray for these folks. Uh, but I like to treat these Wednesday nights like revival. Good shot in the arm. And, and honestly, what the Lord's been giving to preach on Wednesday nights, what I've been using on the road, some revival meeting, just a good shot in the arm, get us going, and get us to the next service on Sunday. Come praying on Sunday. Brother Bobby will be with us. Brother Bobby Stewart, we're looking forward to that. We're asking God to do great and mighty things. Amen. Would you stand, please? We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. All hearts and minds clear before we go to the house. Everybody minded God.